So, she's got herself a new guy. After everything I've done for her. Oh, we'll see about that. I'll make five more just like her. I'll take her skin and put someone else in it. Oh, that perfect creamy skin. Pull yourself together, man! She mocked you right to your face! Even dared to call you... Puddin. I've made arrangements to sneak you into the crazy farm. <laughs> I'm invoking priority level ultraviolet. Assemble Task Force X. We have another suicide mission. Aren't you even going to say hello? <laughs> Welcome to Sweet Play Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike Mac Masunas. How's everybody doing today? I'm doing great, guys. Welcome back to another episode. I hope you enjoyed the special Ninja Turtles episode. That was super fun to do. I hope you like Little Masunas. That was uh, fun as well. And needless to say, this episode is uh, special as well because of the fact of uh, not only am I talking about my favorite hero of all time, Batman. Uh, doing another Batman movie, but the biggest thing is the fact of I've never done a DC, uh, you know, animated universe type movie before. Uh, the only animated movie I ever did was Turtles Forever, and I said, you know, I I don't know if I want to do any more of these, but this is a special event for me because of the fact of this particular edition is based on the Arkham games, and as you know, Batman Arkham City. Obviously, I love that game. It's my favorite game of all time. So when I found out that they were making a movie, not only based, you know, of course, these Batman, uh, you know, DC animated movies come out. It feels like every week. But when I find out that there's going to be one based on the Arkham games, well, that changes the game a little bit. So needless to say, uh, I sent out when I first found out about this, I sent that out a long time ago. It says, hey, when this comes out, I'm going to review it. This movie just came out this week. Uh, it came out on digital a little while ago, but for the DVD owners out there, the Blu-ray owners, it's official as of Tuesday. So I'm going to give you my thoughts on this movie. I'll go into some non-spoilers just for everybody to check out. And then uh, maybe towards the end of the review, I'll get into some really quick spoilers, nothing too major. So before we get rolling into the review of Batman Assault on Arkham, let's get into some overall news. There's a place where you can light the fire and watch it burn. Lay it down and lose it all. It's taken me so far beyond the point of no return Gave all that I had when hope was gone, hope was gone. Is this real or is it just another crazy dream That someday soon will fade away Feels you like I'm underwater and can barely breathe Tagging in the bed So I got two things that I want to talk about today. Uh, the first one, of course, is the major sad news of Robin Williams. Of course, I found out about the news. I was actually at the end of Ninja Turtles. And I don't normally check my phone when I feel a vibrate, but uh, I actually thought it was my wife. And I found out it was Jameson that told me, rest in peace, Robin Williams. I was like, holy crap. So it's kind of a way to bring down the movie a little bit. 
and then uh, I get out, find out about the news, and then the whole details and everything like that. And of course, it, it's really taken Hollywood by storm, fans by storm. Just overall, it's really affected a lot of people. Of course, uh, I love Robin Williams. You know, I've always said in the past, uh, I've loved his comedic stuff. But when he did the, the dark and serious stuff is when he was just so good at being so scary. You know, those movies like Insomnia or when he was in Law & Order Special Victims Unit. He was just so scary in that episode. And he, he's just he's he was such a great actor. Of course, Goodwill Hunting is another great performance where he's not really being funny he's just a real person but the guy was fantastic you know he did suffer from depression which we found out which is a very serious illness some people think depression isn't an illness but it truly is just like you know if you had cancer you would go get treatment for that if you have migraines you go and get treatment for that same thing works for bipolar depression it's a disease it's something that you go and get treatment for so, I'm, you know, I totally sympathize with what happened, you know, and it's an unfortunate event that he actually committed suicide, but that's one of the things uh, with depression that kind of leads to that if you don't get the right help or you don't have the right medication and, and just balance out all the chemical imbalance inside your brain and stuff. So, you know, I, I don't want to be Dr. Phil here and stuff. I just, I have a, a lot of expertise in, in this area, but it's something that, this definitely hurts the heart, you know, the whole Paul Walker, you know, that hurt my heart for quite a long time. And of course, this is having the same effect on, on many more people because Robin Williams was, you know, arguably, obviously more famous and more beloved than Paul Walker was. So I, I clearly know what people are going through and I can't actually give you what was my favorite movie because he, he had so many great films, but it's such a terrible thing and I definitely... Uh, you know, recommend if you know anybody out there that, that suffers from depression, you know they're not getting treatment or whatever the case may be, reach out to them, you know, and just say, hey, I don't want you to be like, turn out like Robin Williams did, you know, let's get some help, you know, I love you, all that fun stuff. So, uh, you know, definitely rest in peace, you know, that guy was fantastic, we'll never, ha we'll never see another guy ever even come close to Robin Williams ever again, and uh, it's such sad news, but... Uh, he left a great legacy behind, so let's go enjoy some of his movies. Uh, on a, another frustrating note, it would definitely be uh, in video games for myself. Now, uh, Tomb Raider, I'm sure you guys may have heard this. I'm sure a lot of you out there are familiar with Tomb Raider, even if you are not a gamer. You are familiar with Laura Croft, even if you've seen the Tomb Raider movies, whatever the case may be. So... Uh, there was a reboot of the series, which was done in 2013, so not very long ago. Uh, the difference is, is this reboot was rated M. For those of you who don't know, M is rated for mature, so it's usually violence and gore and sex and that kind of thing. In this particular reboot, Laura Croft, this is the origin story of her, and you get a bow and arrow, and you get to shoot dudes with arrows through their heads. It's fantastic. Uh, get a lot of machine guns, blow dudes away. It's great. The, the thing with the prior Tomb Raider games is that I always hated the controls. They were very frustrating, very hard to deal with. I've always enjoyed the character, but I've never liked any of the Tomb Raider games. So I finally found a Tomb Raider game. I loved. The graphics were fantastic. And then they announced the sequel, Rise of the Tomb Raider, which is going to be on all platforms, PS4, uh, Xbox, Xbox 360, the whole works. So then uh, news came out a few days ago that it was going to be an Xbox exclusive. Now, let me tell you where I stand with this. Why was I pissed off? And I mean pissed off. I, I haven't been this pissed off in quite a long time. In fact, a lot of people were joking when I was posting this and I actually said, you know what, I'm not joking around here. I'm very pissed. You know, this isn't funny to me. The thing is, is I'm all about exclusives. I'm fine with that. I think exclusives work. My problem is, is that you don't take a sequel and make the sequel exclusive to a platform. Mind you, that platform didn't even make you money compared to the platform that always does. Tomb Raider really made its name off the PC and PlayStation. And when you take the PS4, the remastered edition, which sold more than any of the Xbox versions did, and you make it exclusive to Xbox, you're selling your soul to the devil. I'm sorry, but that really pissed me off. 
you know, nobody nobody wants to go out there and blow $500 on a console just to play one game. You know, I was definitely that way for Batman Arkham Knight, but obviously uh, future games were coming out, Uncharted 4, so on and so forth. I'm like, you know, it definitely made it worth my while to get a PS4. I'm very excited about it. But you don't take Tomb Raider, a fantastic reboot, and then you promise it to all platforms, and then you change your mind and you know so there were obviously major major piss storm all over the internet finally we found out it is a timed exclusive meaning that uh we'll get it in 2016 which is fine because this comes out holiday 2015 i gotta wait a few months and then i eventually get it on ps4 that's fine but the point that i was trying to make is that you don't take a multi-platform game and take the sequel and make it exclusive that's bad business that's stupid that's isolating your fans and that was something that it was legitimately something to be pissed about so i'm very glad that they have made the clarification that it's a timed event it's not forever exclusive to xbox because that would just be stupid so again I'm all for exclusives, Last of Us, Uncharted, all that stuff for PS4, uh, PS, you know, Sony. We have the Halo stuff is for Microsoft, you know. I'm all fine and dandy with exclusives. Just don't take a, a regular game that's on all, on all consoles and then make sequels exclusives. That's just stupid. So, so with that being said, uh, that's the news. And let's get into the review of Batman Assault on Arkham. Assemble Task Force X. We have another suicide mission. Yahtzee! Joker stole a dirty bomb and hid it somewhere in Gotham. Tell me where it is. Now! Aren't you even going to say hello? If I didn't know better, I'd say you're trying to kill me. It's time for a very big bang! Something's wrong at Arkham. I know how to defuse them. We've been played. I'm better off on my own! think any of you have a shot of getting out alive without me? It'll be just like old times. Say goodnight! Do it now! Alright guys, so let's talk about some Batman Assault on Arkham. So as I said, this is a movie just came out this past week. It was on digital. Uh, I think about two weeks earlier you could watch this thing, but physical form, Tuesday it came out. Uh, of course, it's part of the DC Universe of animated original movies. Now as I said, this film is set in the universe of Batman Arkham video game franchise, which I'm going to go into details about Batman Arkham Origins, uh, uh, Arkham Asylum, City, all that stuff, things you may need to know uh, while I talk about this film. Uh, now, this movie in particular is actually occurs after the events of Batman Arkham Origins. So for those of you who've never played any of these games, I'll give you some background if you haven't got around to this game because this is a game that did come out uh, the, the most recent Batman Arkham game. However, it's not made by Rocksteady. There's a huge difference there. I, I'll get into details. But essentially, at the end of that video game, it sets up the story to this one. Now, one thing that you need to know with this movie, first and foremost, this is not a Batman movie. This is, in fact, a Suicide Squad movie. And we'll talk about if that's cool or not cool. But this is a Batman movie. That uh, in regards to, you know, Batman's in the title, it's Batman from the Arkham games, but Batman is kind of in the background 
and the Suicide Squad are the main people of this story. That's, so that's kind of the big thing you need to know going into this movie. If you're thinking you're going to see Batman in, uh, what is this, 76 minutes, you're going to see him in 45 of it, you got the wrong, wrong thing going there, buddy. So let's get into some little details here. First and foremost, we need to talk about the universe that we're in. So why are the Batman Arkham games so huge? All you do is hear... You hear me talk about it. You probably hear another podcast. They're, they're just beloved. Well, first and foremost, you guys know Batman the Animated Series. Uh, it's In a lot of people's eyes, it's probably the true canon to Batman. It's what really is a lot of people's takes on various stories. It's like the ultimate Batman. As we all know, Kevin Conroy is the voice of Batman. Now, I've never really been able to talk about this because when I talk about the Batman movies, I've talked about, you know, Michael Keaton. You know, I would talk about the Batman of those movies, but I've never really had a chance to talk about Kevin Conroy or where I stand with who's the better Batman, all this and that. So I can finally get into some of that uh, as we, as you know, as I'm going through this conversation here about the Arkham universe. So, Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill, a.k.a. Luke Skywalker. Kevin Conroy, nobody knew who he was, but everybody's like, I love this guy's voice. He did Batman for, what, 20-plus years. When you read a Batman comic book, this guy's voice is in your head. There's no doubt about it. Kevin Conroy is Batman. Uh, He kills Christian Bale. He kills Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer. all, All those guys completely suck compared to Kevin Conroy. Now, uh, of course, on film version, Michael Keaton is great for his things, and and Christian Bale is great for his things. And if you even want to give Al Kilmer or George Clooney any sort of credit, good on you, because I don't have anything good to say. However, you know, you guys know the Dark Knight trilogy is my favorite trilogy of all time because it's the Batman I always want to see on film. But Kevin Conroy is really the true Batman. He is number one. Always has, always will be. Uh, And actually, Batman Arkham City, Batman, the way he looks, the voice, everything, that's probably my number one favorite Batman of all time is Batman from Batman Arkham City. It's fantastic. So, as you know, Kevin Conroy has been Batman in a lot of the animated movies. So, the fact that he's Batman in this probably doesn't surprise a lot of you. But for us Arkham gamers, it's a huge thing because... He came back to do the Arkham series. So did Mark Hamill, a.k.a. Luke Skywalker, came back to do the Joker. A lot of people who are a part of the Batman the Animated Series helped produce the Arkham game. So Paul Dini wrote Batman Arkham Asylum and Batman Arkham City. There's actually comic books that lead up the after Arkham Asylum to Arkham City. You can get all those comic books and, you know... Paul Dini created, uh, you know, Harley Quinn and, you know, she was created based on the animated series and we have that fantastic Mr. Freeze story because of that. So needless to say, the Arkham games are created by people who truly love Batman. Now, as you know, or you may not know, the Arkham series, the reason why it's so great is it deals with the fantastical. You get the serious side of Batman. You get the detective version of Batman, the badass version of Batman who can fight. In fact, uh, we'll talk about this in a little bit, the free flow combat. But um, there's also characters in the Arkham games that are introduced that you're never going to see on the big screen. I mean, number one, we got Killer Croc. We got Bane that gets the you know the, the juice flowing to make his muscles big. We have Poison Ivy. But the difference is all these fantastical characters, they're all done perfectly. Their looks, the, their voices, they're just everything is perfect. I can't express the amount of perfection that is done in these Arkham games. They're fantastic. Anybody who's ever played them will tell you how much they love it because, you know, you're stealth in certain missions, but you're hunting people at the same time. Now, the fighting system is something that is is so innovative that many people have tried to copy in their video games. It's called a free flow system. It's essentially Batman is able to whoop about 60 people's ass in like two seconds, you know, in like a minute, because it's a constant. You hit one button, 
and you're going from one guy to another, you're breaking arms, you're breaking legs, you're jumping over people, you're using your cape, and if you don't get hit, this counter keeps building up, and you're going to 20, to 25, to 30, and so on and so forth, so you're doing more and more damage. It's called a free flow uh, combat. So just type it in in, uh, YouTube. If you've never seen how it works, Batman, Arkham City, free flow combat, and you can see the amount of damage that this does just by having flow and never getting hit. And they do that in this movie, which is pretty cool. But needless to say, that's why the Arkham series is so beloved because of the fact of it's it has its moments where it's so real and then you have the fantastical side of Batman that you only saw in the animated series and it's brought into the real world and it blends so well and makes so much sense. That's kind of the best way that I can describe it. You know, when you see Killer Croc show up on on the screen, you're like, okay, how does this make any sense? And they make it make sense. And then you have the Scarecrow who looks like Freddy Krueger, who his levels are so crazy and intense, they just blow your mind. So, and there's a lot of characters in this movie that are kind, you know, are all in the Arkham games. So it, it's fantastic. So the the biggest difference, though is that Rocksteady is the name of the company that did these Arkham games. They did Batman Arkham Asylum, and you were stuck in the asylum. But then you got to City, and the difference with City is is it was open world at this point. At this point, now you could fly around Gotham City. Uh, You really got to do your detective work. You had the Riddler who had all these uh, riddle trophies uh, that you had to had to find and then you got Catwoman who was in the game who you also got to play her as well so you got to have the fun side and kind of got to be evil at the same time but the biggest difference between City and Asylum is is the open world there was much more story to tell uh, Batman was actually going to he gets injected with poison and he's got to find an antidote and he has to track down Ra's al Ghul so you get to really deal with the fantastical side of Ra's al Ghul in those levels. I mean it gets ridiculously crazy and insane. But those of you who have played it know what I'm talking about. And those of you who have never played it. Hopefully I'm interesting you to want to go out and get a PlayStation 3. Go buy Batman Arkham Asylum and Arkham City for 5 or 6 bucks at GameStop. And take two weeks and play these things because they're going to blow your mind. And it's the, in my opinion, they're the best Batman stories. They're they're just fantastic. They're they're brilliant, and they're also shocking too when you get to the end of the games. So, uh, without giving any spoilers, there we get Batman Arkham Origins. Now, it's kind of the elephant in the room. The reason why is this is a prequel game, obviously, to Arkham Asylum. However, it was not created by Rocksteady. It was created by another company, which was called uh, Warner Brother Games. Now, basically, what these guys did is they took the code of Arkham City and tried to do their own thing, set it on Christmas Eve. But the problem is is that Kevin Conroy was not Batman in this game. And and the reason why is because Rocksteady was making the final game in the series, which is Batman Arkham Knight, which is coming out in 2015. So needless to say, that's the main reason why I bought a PlayStation 4, so I can finally so I can play Arkham Knight when it comes out. But you know, luckily, I found a lot of great games on PS4 that I really do enjoy. But that was my primary reason of getting a PS4 is I had to play Arkham Knight. Because in that game, you're going to be able to have the Batmobile that you can go all around Gotham City. But the problem with Arkham Origins is is that uh, you've heard me review it before on the show. But if you first time hearing this, you know, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, they both got a 10 out of 10. You know, Arkham City is my favorite game of all time. And Arkham... You know, Arkham Origins tried its best. It, it got it like a solid eight. It had a, uh, it had a lot of bugs. I mean, a lot of bugs. You would, uh, you would just try to go on the Batwing, and all of a sudden the sound would cut out. Dudes would be hanging in walls. There were so many glitches and bugs, and you would, you would fall off a building, and you would fall for like five minutes before the game would fix itself it really was a rush game it was it was sent out to the people and and warner brothers did a piss poor job in fixing the the problems it really was it really kind of put a damper in the arkham you know series but people also know that it was not rocksteady so therefore rocksteady's perfection so it was kind of expected with warner brothers that all these screw-ups is okay so this movie 
is based on the ending of Arkham Origins. Essentially, I won't spoil how Arkham Origins ends, but obviously it's nothing that's going to uh, you know, give away the crap that happens in Asylum and, and City and stuff. But really, in Origins, it's Batman meeting Joker for the very first time and also meeting a bunch of his villains. There's a $1 million um, bounty on Batman's head to be killed on Christmas Eve. And it's the first time Batman finds a Joker. So that storyline was really cool. Now, we had two different people do the voice acting in that movie. We had the guy who actually does um, in the Resident Evil movies. Um, Chris Chris Redfield is the guy that did the voice of Batman. He actually pulled it off pretty good. I was actually surprised. And uh, we got a new guy to do the Joker. Because Mark Hamill actually retired from doing the Joker after Arkham City. He said, I'm done with the Joker. So he was retired. So the guy that they got to replace him is Troy Baker. Now, Troy Baker is a very, this guy, he looks like he's in his 20s, but this guy is pretty famous. To me, for me, he's my second favorite voice guy after Nolan North because Nolan North is the man. This Nolan North has done, he, he's a god among men when it comes to voice acting, the, the amount of voices this guy has done. But Troy Baker, uh, he's done Joel from The Last of Us, uh, and he was able to pull off the Joker, just like Mark Hamill, which was unbelievable. If you play Infamous, um, Second Son, he's the voice of that. Uh, he's also the voice of Robin in Arkham City, which is kind of crazy. So Troy Baker, if you look him up, uh, he, he's done a lot of stuff, Bioshock as well, but his biggest role is Joel from The Last of Us. When you take a look at him and you take a look at Joel, you it's amazing the voice that comes out of him. So when you think when you find out this guy's the Joker, that that's even more impressive. So he does the voice of Joker in Batman Arkham Origins and he also does the voice of Joker in Assault uh, on the movie we're talking about Assault on Arkham. So that was I knew that that was going to be the case, but it was kind of weird having Kevin Conroy come back for Batman because of the fact of the whole purpose of them getting a new voice actor is because they wanted a, a younger type sounding voice for Batman. And let's be honest, they couldn't get Kevin Conroy because Kevin Conroy was working on Arkham Knight. That's the real reason. So the fact that Kevin Conroy is in this movie kind of kind of screws up things with Origins since this takes place like maybe four months after Origins which is really crazy. So that's kind of the, the huge like difference between Arkham Origins and this movie is Kevin Conroy's Batman, as he should have been the whole time, but we all know the, the real reason why is because he was doing Arkham Knight. So luckily he found enough time to do this movie. But Troy Baker does Joker in Arkham Origins. He does a fantastic job. He really sold it to me in that game, and he sells it very well in this movie. And uh, that's kind of the basics. Now, Harley Quinn is uh, somebody who was fantastic in Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. And she's kind of the leader of the Suicide Squad. So here's kind of the, the, the basis of this movie is that Amanda Waller gets together the Suicide Squad. So Amanda Waller, uh, she's a very powerful antagonist in the DC world. Uh, she's really one of the best comic book villains of all time. She kind of runs the, the government sort of... Uh, task of getting these criminals together which the criminals we have are harley quinn uh we have deadshot which deadshot is really the main star of this movie now deadshot and harley quinn are both in arkham origins in arkham origins harley is not harley yet she's still a psychiatrist she's still a psychiatrist and she meets the joker for the first time in the video game and that's what leads her down the path to become uh harley quinn so a lot of references in this movie about uh, her knowing the passwords and her use to work there is all set up in the Arkham Origins game. And Deadshot was one of the assassins that had to go over, that had to kill Batman on Christmas Eve. So that's how uh, Joker and Deadshot know each other later on in the film. Now we have some people who have never been introduced into the Arkham, uh, the Arkham Universe video games, and that's Captain Boomerang. Uh, we also have Black Spider. We have Killer Frost, which I love Killer Frost, especially if you played the Injustice video games. The same girl that voices Killer Frost in that video game also voices her in this movie. We have KG Beast and we have King Shark. Now, a lot of these people I had never heard of before and some of them I did. 
And I was kind of wondering their role in this because of the fact of some of them are not in Arkham Asylum and some of them are not in Arkham City. So it's kind of a spoiler alert of some of the things that could happen to certain characters, as you know. But the whole point is, is that they need to break into Arkham Asylum to retrieve the Riddler's cane because the Riddler's cane has information on it of all the Suicide Squad past and present that Amanda Waller needs to get back. That's essentially why they have to break into Arkham is to get that. But in reality, she wants the Riddler dead because in the beginning, the Riddler, uh, he gets rescued from these black op uh, assassins uh, by Batman. And Amanda really hires these guys to finish the job. That's what she really wants. But of course, she's not going to tell him that. And the the Suicide Squad members are forced to comply uh, because of the fact that she attaches bombs, surgically, of course, implanted in the back of their head, which if you've watched the Arrow TV show, they play around with this in the Suicide Squad uh, episode of the bombs in the back of their head, which is kind of cool. Now, uh, I can kind of give this away because I'm trying not to do spoilers here, but instantly they don't believe it. So the one guy, KG Beast, this guy dies instantly. His head gets blown off. Now, this movie is rated PG-13 because we got some sex in this movie. We got some language. We got some a-holes. We got some douchebags. We got some a You know, they they go full out in this movie. And I think that's kind of the charm of the movie is this is a balls-to-the-wall movie. It's set in the Arkham Universe. And as you know, in the Arkham Universe, they don't screw around in those video games. So I like the fact that this movie is in the same tone as those, except in the Arkham games, they don't say a-hole or douchebag uh, or a, you know, uh, what are the other things they say? Nobody says the F-bomb, of course, because it's PG-13, but there's no sex either. Harley Quinn, she tries to get busy with uh, Deadshot in this movie, and uh, Killer Frost is naked, so they do a lot of sexual stuff in this movie, which is kind of funny, but that's so the characters can advance in the story. So if you're going to have little kids watch this, make sure you watch it first. Make sure it's appropriate how you think because they don't show boobies or anything like that. But they give you enough to where you're like you're kind of shocked at what they're doing. I mean, the sex scene of Harley Quinn is is kind of where a kid could watch and kind of laugh because it is a comical scene and what happens. They don't show a whole lot, but just watch the movie. Make sure it's okay for you to let your kids watch it, you know. Uh, my kids love Batman. They love Harley Quinn. So I sh- I showed them this. My little one, she laughed at that scene because it was funny. It actually was. And she didn't know the difference in my oldest one. She knew what was going on, but it was no big deal. So just, you know, it's it's parents' discretion on, on how you want to do this. But I say watch the movie first. Uh, those are kind of really the only bad scenes of the movie. Now, I mentioned earlier that Deadshot's really the star of this film, and it's true. He's kind of the leader of the Suicide Squad. Uh, him and Harley are kind of the big cheese of this story. Now, Neil McDowell, uh, McDonald is the guy that voices him, and... You may know him from Walking Tall. He was the main bad guy in that movie. He's in a lot of different things. Uh, he's very funny, very cool. His name is Floyd Lawton. Uh, he's he's excellent. One of the things I really enjoy is uh, Killer Frost. If you don't know who she is, she hates men. I mean, she hates men. But she comes to be good friends with King Shark. And King Shark is essentially Bane, but with teeth. That's essentially who he is. He's real funny. He's got a lot of really good one-liners in this movie. But I like the relationship that those two actually build together because he's not really a guy. So that's why she kind of resonates with him. Now, more relationships kind of build because the six of them, after they get the initial what they have to do, they go to Gotham City. They go under the sewer, though, so that way they don't get busted by Batman. And there they go see the Penguin, a.k.a. Uh, Oswald Cobblepot. Now, in the video games, Oswald is a super badass gangster. He's not no stupid Batman Returns, you know, real ugly, nasty freak. He's just a guy who's a badass gangster who also is voiced by Nolan North. Very cool. Nolan North, uh, if you guys don't know, um, he voices Drake from the Uncharted series. He also, if you uh, play The Last of Us, he's also... uh, the crazy guy in the last of us there's so many voices that this guy does it's ridiculous if you watch pretty little liars he would be spencer's dad that you can see uh drake is one of his biggest well-known roles 
but he does a lot of side roles. But Oswald Cobblepot is a is a role I really enjoy him in. He does the Penguin very well. S- super creepy, super great laugh. And there are actually some Batman Returns kind of throwbacks that they do in here. First time you see Penguin, he kind of eating fish the same way that Penguin does in Batman Returns. But I just want you to know that the Oswald Cobblepot in the Arkham games is a super badass he does, and you never see him eat fish. So this was a little bit off. I kind of didn't agree with this because anytime you see Oswald, he's in a suit. He's got his thing in his eye. He's get, he's telling dudes what to do, and he's running the place. He's just he's the big gangster uh, of the Iceberg Lounge. That's his hideout. So him eating fish kind of threw me off a little bit when you see that. But overall. Uh, they go to him to say, look, we need you to give us some equipment so that way we could break into uh, you know, Arkham Asylum. There's some funny moments that are going to happen between him and Harley. You'll, you'll check on that later. But essentially, uh, while these guys get their, uh, their weapons and everything like that, we have a real fun scene with Captain Boomerang, who's uh, kind of an English guy, has a real thing against Deadshot, who's better. Uh, there's a real fun scene of these two together of of one upping each other uh i think you'll definitely really enjoy that but all in all we have batman who he's got his own job essentially he's trying to find this bomb that the joker has put in the city which can blow up like uh you know six square miles of gotham city if he doesn't find this bomb so the whole point is the suicide squad is trying to avoid batman because they know that Batman is out there trying to do his thing. But we all know Batman, he he knows everything. He's going to figure it out. And the way he figures it out is pretty is pretty great. Now, you know, I'm trying not to get into spoilers too much here, but the movie becomes really fun when the Suicide Squad eventually breaks their way into Arkham Asylum and they try to get a hold of, you know, get the Riddler's cane and the Joker gets released. And all chaos ensues when the Joker gets released. Uh, Of course, how he gets released, I don't really want to tell you too much. But just know that the Joker gets released. Harley Quinn, who thought that she was over the Joker, they do a fantastic job of showing the relationship between these two. Because as you know, uh, in the not really in the cartoon too much, but definitely in, in the games, he hits, you know, he hits Harley. He he definitely abuses Harley Quinn, and then the next minute, you know, he he loves her. You know, that's kind of the dynamic. They're they're crazy in love, and he beats her in this movie, and then immediately she'll uh, later on want to get back with him because Harley's just crazy like that. When you want to give her some electroshock therapy, she's gonna love that. Versus everybody else would freak out. She's all like, "Yay." I, I want to get shocked. You know, that's just the kind of character. She's super funny. I definitely love Harley Quinn. She's she's amazing in this movie. And uh, she's amazing in the games. They, they represent her perfectly in this. And essentially, when Batman finds out what's going on, he knows that he needs to get into Arkham to stop the Suicide Squad. Now, when Batman finally gets into Arkham and they kind of have their showdown, there's an excellent fight between Batman versus pretty much everybody it's a really cool fight between him and black spider uh the cool thing is there's a lot of easter eggs if you know things in the arkham games you're going to see them in this movie for example batman's suit is kind of a hybrid of arkham origins and arkham asylum you see his battering it looks exactly the same uh you see his gun looks exactly the same the batmobile of course looks exactly the same but the locations you know you'll remember seeing those when you play arkham asylum you're like oh i've been to this place i know exactly what's in this place and and i know where they're going to go from here and it's a lot of fun easter eggs throughout the movie which in the spoiler section i'll really talk about those uh easter eggs and the locations because those were super fun but once batman finally takes on the suicide squad uh batman actually uh you know i I don't want to give too much away but you kind of think batman gets defeated uh, essentially and the suicide squads you know they're like okay we got to uh we got to go after the riddler but the they agree to work with the riddler because the riddler actually knows how to disable the bombs on the back of their head now what makes this movie so much fun is they know especially deadshot that they're on a very low time frame because of the fact amanda waller 
this girl is ready to hit that explode head button at any moment in time. So they not only have to figure out how to get past Batman, but they have to learn how to get past her as well. So that's kind of where the fun is in this movie is how are they going to pull that off? And it's, it's, as they say, in the you know the title description get ready to root for the bad guys kind of like when you watch mel gibson and payback the root you know the title uh the subtitle of that is you know get ready to root for the bad guy it's the same thing in this movie you actually don't mind the fact that batman's kind of in the background and the suicide squad is full blown up up front because they're so entertaining each one has a has a very fun characteristic some people are annoying. Some people are super badass. Some people are have great one-liners. Each one of them is fantastic. And essentially, when they get to the point where they got to get the bombs taken off the back of their head, that's when things really get crazy and Batman's in the mix. And then you get to the ending with the Joker and so on and so forth. So, you know, I don't want to spoil too much, but I can definitely... As kind of wrapping up the non-spoiler section, kind of tell you this about the movie. If you are a fan of the Arkham games, you are going to love this movie. They do a lot of callbacks to uh, Arkham Origins, Arkham Asylum. It's fantastic. Uh, If you know the story and how things go from Asylum to City, you can kind of figure out how things are going to go in the story. So it's not that it's predictable. Uh, For somebody who's never played the games, the story is going to unravel a lot. Um, easier than it would be for somebody who knows the history of what's going to happen because of the fact of this is a prequel to the stories you've already played in those games. So that's kind of really the only downside of the movie is the fact of one, it's not a Batman movie. You got to know that going into it. It's a Suicide Squad movie. And two, because of the fact of it's a prequel to the Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, you kind of already know what's going to happen with the Suicide Squad at certain points because of the fact of you know how it works in the video game. So with that being said, it's easily a four and a half. Now, I've heard the argument that this is the best DC animated movie. I can't confirm nor deny that because this truly is one of the only ones I've ever seen. I've never got a, a chance to see, you know, Under the Hood or, uh, you know, Batman versus Super or like any of those that have recently come out. You know, Son of Batman and The Dark Knight Returns, any of those. I, I heard they're fantastic. Not really Son of Batman. Most people hate that movie. But the animation is brilliant in this movie it looks great it flows excellently the fight scenes are fantastic the score is excellent uh it's everything it lives up to the arkham name when you put arkham on a title you got to live up to that it's a huge thing you know that's not something you jack around with you put arkham on the title you better live up to it this movie did a fantastic job in doing that so it's a four and a half star i highly recommend this movie uh you know i actually never even seen this movie i just went out and bought bought the movie and i never do that but i knew that because it was attached to the arkham universe i knew i was gonna love it and i'm so glad i bought it so uh definitely run out you know maybe rent it if you feel you you want to check it out first but uh remember it's not super kid friendly but it's they can still see it though as long as you know you don't have a problem with certain scenes but overall super fun now in regards to spoilers uh, i'm going to take maybe about like two or three minutes just talk some quick spoilers so if you you don't want to hear any feel free to fast forward about three minutes or so i'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on it uh but just getting into spoilers here's some of the things i really really enjoyed in the movie now one of the scenes it's probably my favorite scene of the movie is where uh, you know, Joker has a face off with Deadshot and he always calls him new guy. And, you know, he's mad because, you know, he hooked up with Harley and Harley has officially, you know, kind of won the Joker back. And he's like, nah, I'm going to go finish him off. So he goes to Deadshot and he's like, hey, new guy, nobody touches my stuff. And Deadshot walks up to him and he's like, go ahead, pull the trigger. You got no bullets left. And then I'm going to count to three and then I'm going to shove my fist down your throat and pull out your spine. And Joker, he, and then Deadshot starts to count down three, two, and Joker's like, no, wait, wait, you don't need to count. I know there's bullets in this gun. And he shoots up in the air and then Deadshot takes out the Joker 
And then you hear Captain Boomerang saying, you just out crazy the Joker. I thought that was excellent. It was good times. There was some fun stuff with the Iceberg Lounge where you got to see the dinosaur uh, that you use in one of the levels in Arkham Arkham City, actually, which was super fun. And then you have uh, a scene that I really enjoy where you think that Batman is taken out by Black Spider. And then you find out that... The Riddler, after he's electroshocking everybody, Riddler figures out that uh, Batman is actually Black Spider. That was actually sweet. I had no idea. They actually fooled me. You would kind of think maybe something like that would be a little bit predictable, but when he when Black Spider walks out with his you know uh, utility belt, I was like, damn, Batman just got beat. And, you know, and you hear and you hear Killer Frost caught out like, wow. you you just kicked the bat, or no, that was Harley Quinn says, you just kicked the bat's ass, you know? But it was really cool because I didn't get it when Black Spider says, I'll look outside the window for the cops. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you got the thing on the back of your neck. Why in the hell are you not in the seat to get the thing taken off your neck? And then it made perfect sense when Riddler figured it out why that guy was standing by the window because he knew it was Batman the whole time. So that was really, really cool. I definitely dug that. I love Batman. Just his look was great. It was almost the Arkham City look, but it kind of was a hybrid, as I said, of Arkham Origins and stuff. And I, the ending, though, with Joker, that was a little bit du- Number one, I knew that Killer Frost and, and all those other people were going to die because of the fact that Killer Frost never makes it into the video games. Uh, Captain Boomerang doesn't ever make it. You know, King Shark, all those guys. Only Harley and Deadshot make it into the series. And, of course, Penguin. It was really cool seeing uh, all, like, Scarecrow released and Poison Ivy released. Just everybody from the Arkham games was released. They looked exactly the way they do in the in the games. They look fantastic. But that was kind of the thing is that I knew that those guys were going to die, you know. So that that was kind of the thing that was a little bit depressing is I was just kind of waiting for it. And when it finally hit, it was like, ah, I knew it was going to happen. But, you know, at the same time, though, the ending was really good. Uh, of course, they don't explain how Joker got out of the helicopter. You just have to, you know, know that he got out of it because clearly he makes it to Arkham Asylum. But overall, though, uh, those were some of my favorite things, especially for the spoiler section. So uh, that is it, guys, for the overall review. Uh, again, four and a half stars. This was fantastic. I'm, I'm definitely excited to check out more DC animated movies. But I honestly feel that people may be right. This could be the best of the best because I think I'm going to hold any movie I watch up to this movie and see how it compares and just wonder are any of those any better than this one so i guess we'll find out so with that being said guys i know some of you did write in for this movie and i thank you for that so let's get in and hear what the stl nation has to say one shot everything rides on tonight even if i've got three strikes i'm gonna go for it this moment Alright, now I did get some emails, but I'm going to save those for the Total Recall episode that will be coming out after this. Uh, But in regards to Assault on Arkham, here we go. Our first one comes from Jameson Very Good Rabbit. Here's what he had to say. Hey Mike, I see you're doing Batman Assault on Arkham this week. Pretty awesome. Well, I didn't exactly see it. I did watch something uh, similar. It's called Do the Bartman. I've applied a link for you. Uh, It's what I imagine the Arkham movie is probably uh, like. Am I right? Absolutely not, sir. I figured it was. Oh, another movie I like is Mr. Mom. That stars the Batman guy. It's kind of like what Batman would be like if he had kids and could only fight bad guys once he got the kids to bed. The best part is when Batman is fighting the vacuum cleaner. It's probably felt like training to him because he's Batman. Well, I don't want to ramble, so I'll wrap it up and say I can't wait to review Conan next week. We're going to rock it. Well, sir, we are doing Total Recall, so you got to get your crap together and watch the right movies, sir. But I cannot wait to talk to you, sir, and talk some Total Recall good times. All right, our next one comes from Anthony. The epic emailer has finally returned. Good to hear from you, sir. Here's what he had to say. Hey there, Masunis. It's been a while since I've emailed STL and CCP, and I apologize for that. No no worries, sir. And for those of you who don't know, Changing Channels podcast is officially back online. Uh, not the show. 
all the archive stuff. But maybe down the road, maybe we might throw up an episode or two. But if you want to go back and listen to all the old stuff, it's online now. So just type in Change Channels Podcast on iTunes. There it is. Now, you announced that you were going to review this movie and with you somewhat demanding. Uh, he said he was watching this movie. I'm like, dude, email me your thoughts. So that's where the demanding comes from. Then I sent my thoughts about it. I decided to go ahead and do so. So I learned about Batman Assault on Arkham when I was seeing that, uh, when I was seeing what was coming up for DC animated movies. And after seeing some of the previews, clips, promos, it got my interest. Having watched it a few hours ago, and even though I have no experience in the Arkham games, except for seeing some uh, Let's Play uh, except for seeing some let's play through them i have to say that i wasn't disappointed uh for it being a batman film it definitely di- uh, it, it didn't really have the cape crusader uh didn't have a problem with that as it being uh, excuse me i cannot talk today i didn't have a problem with that as the suicide squad members were entertaining and how they interacted with each other only added to it there were times that i forgot they were the villains it's true you're you're definitely I feel exactly the same way. Uh, it's not a Batman movie, but the parts he was in was fantastic. But the Suicide Squad was so entertaining that you almost forgot that they were the bad guys. Out of the squad, my favorites were Captain Boomerang, Harley Quinn, and of course Deadshot. I agree 100%. And Killer Frost. Not And that not to say I didn't like the others as Killer Frost and um, Kingshot had moments and did like the possible friendship developing between the two. That was actually King Shark. Uh, Black Spider was okay. I agree. He was probably the weakest out of the bunch outside the guy that got his head blown off in the beginning of the movie. Now, he does say that uh, he thought Black Spider was okay, uh, but he does kind of spoil um, something with Black Spider uh, in regards to his character. So, um, I agree with you, though. I thought Black Spider was okay. Now, Deadshot, though, was probably my overall favorite as as in a way that he was the main guy in the movie and was almost portrayed as an anti-hero, which... Uh, I definitely agree. Even Batman kind of was like, look, we got our differences, but we're going to put them aside today so I can find the Joker. I definitely thought that was pretty awesome. His fighting with the Joker at the end was great. uh, And it was just two people going at each other with no hesitation on trying to kill each other. Uh, I like that despite being a bad guy, his main concern was his daughter and how he somewhat concluded at the end, which is the way that I like it. Uh, I agree his whole daughter thing was was awesome. It's just that way on the Arrow TV show as well. Now, I can't forget to mention the Joker as he was sadistic to give us glimpses of what his character is known for in the comics. Uh, It wasn't just his actions as some of the things he said had me feel that he wasn't someone I wanted to be around. Uh, anywhere around which is very true sir despite that i found some of the things he said funny and couldn't help laughing felt that troy baker did a good job voicing the character and hope he becomes the regular guy for the voice since mark hamill has retired from doing it which is true he pretty much is uh you know he he did arkham origins and then immediately did this so he's pretty much going to be the go-to guy to do the joker i can almost guarantee you that he goes on to say no question this movie isn't one you should let the younger children see as hardly anything was held back in both what they said and what was done while i can understand there there might be those who aren't in favor of that i have to say worked for the story they were trying to tell it was meant to be gritty and more serious but was grateful uh but was grateful for the bits of humor throughout as it helped the lesson uh, to lessen it somewhat, which I agree 100%, sir. If you're a fan of the Arkham games and or DC animated films in general, I recommend seeing this. You won't be bored by it and won't feel lost by what's going on if you haven't played the games, which is also a very true statement. So uh, suggest though you hold off having uh, watched it by a younger audience unless you're sure they're able to handle it. 4.5 out of 5. And uh, there are some nitpicks that kept it from getting a perfect score. Rated as one of the better DC animated movies. That is it for my email. Hope it turns out like I did make up for not emailing in sooner. And helps me retain my epic emailer moniker. Until next time, see you, Anthony the Epic Emailer. Well, thank you, sir, so much. Uh, fantastic email. I agree 100% with what you said, sir. And let's see, our last one comes from Time Traveling Peter. I got him to watch this yesterday. Here's what he had to say. Greetings, Masunis and Nestail Nation. Thanks for those that support a hydrate level four and checked out the episode with Mike. It's true. If you did not know, uh, I went on Peter's podcast, Hydrate Level 4, and I did The Heavenly Kid. Uh, It's a movie that I absolutely love. It's my second favorite movie of all time. 
and uh, we talked two hours. It was fantastic. So if you did not get a chance to check out that episode, head on over to Hydrate Level 4, download The Heavenly Kid. Uh, currently, the number one episode on iTunes is from Hydrate Level 4, so it kicked me out of number one, which I'm fine with because uh, I finally got to talk the movie the way I really wanted to. So I uh, hope you all like it. I haven't played any of the Arkham games, but I've seen my son play them. So I'm going into this animated movie. Uh, I was not privy to the story. Come to my surprise, it was a little more about the Suicide Squad, and Batman takes a bit of a back seat. I'm fine with that, but I guess the title threw me off. Uh, it's an awesome title, so I don't know what else you would call it. Aside from the squad... Um, aside from the squad as one, as one eye unit, I really only know Harley Quinn and Deadshot, which are really the only ones you really need to know. Deadshot was even in an episode of Smallville towards the end of the series. I really like the dark tone and the grown up feel of his particular, of this particular universe. I had no idea what, uh, what I was getting myself into until the sexy time scene with Harley Quinn and Deadshot. I guess when there was blood, when Batman was kicking ass and taking names, they should have set the that should have set the tone. I thought seeing Harley break down when she saw the Joker in the asylum was great. Obviously, over a backstory I missed. I will definitely buy this. It's super gritty, and they didn't hold back on issues just to tell a good story. Overall, I'm going to give this a solid 4.25. That's pretty solid for. The Lack of Batman, still an awesome chapter in the DC Animated Universe. Until the next episode, Time Traveling Peter. Yeah, you know, it's so true. Um, That's really my only reason for giving it four and a half is the fact that it really isn't a Batman movie. And because I've played the Arkham games, I know exactly what was going to happen with certain characters. But uh, it's true. It's so enjoyable for if you have seen it or you have not seen it. And it's true. The Arkham Asylum, the Arkham Origin, sets up the uh, the first meeting of Joker and Harley, and then you get to see why uh, they fell in love. And then uh, in this one, he kind of betrays her. And then in Arkham Asylum, they're back together again. Everything's honky dory. And then uh, yeah, so there's a lot of fun stories I could tell you about offline. So that is it for the emails. So let's get into the music spotlight. Alright guys, I got a real fun song for you. Now, you guys probably have heard this before if you listen to the Underground Hour. I might have played this in the comedy sponsor section of the episode where I like to play some funny songs, stuff to make you laugh. And uh, that would be the Moves Like Batman song, which of course is the Move Like Jagger parody. But this is all about Arkham City. So it's super fun song. It's uh, kind of a throwback to the 60s song, but it's all talking about Catwoman and, and Harley Quinn. It's just super fun song, and it goes with this episode, and it's a good way to end things. So if you guys want to write in uh, very shortly, we will be reviewing Total Recall on Tuesday, Jameson and I. So make sure you write into stlpodcast.gmail.com. Make sure you check out the website, www.stlpodcast.com, to links to all shows, including Change Channels podcasts and all that fun stuff. And, uh, yeah, that that's it. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It was super fun. I hope you go out there and check out this movie. It was super fun. But most of all, uh, I hope you go out there and try those Arkham games because they are fantastic. Even if you just sit down, watch a few trailers of gameplay or whatever, I mean, it's it's fantastic. I mean, there's a reason why Batman Arkham City is my favorite game of all time. Hopefully, Arkham Knight will be able to top it. We shall see. Until then, I will talk about that when that comes out. So I will catch you guys on the next episode for Total Recall. So you guys have a good one. Take care. Misunis out. <laughs>